This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. Hey everybody, it's Don LaGreca with the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. Well, we got a lot to discuss. The playoffs are getting underway tomorrow, even though there's still regular season games being played tonight and through the weekend with Vegas, well, excuse me, with Vancouver and Calgary having to finish up their seasons and they're just doing it for the fun of it. But you got to finish the season, right? That's going to be important for for the standings and all that. So let them play. So it's going to be kind of odd tomorrow when you're going to see uh, at night, it's going to be the Capitals and the Bruins game one of that series. But in the afternoon at 3.30, Vancouver is going to be taking on Calgary kind of weird but uh, you got a game tonight between Toronto and Winnipeg but everything is locked up that was official last night with Colorado's victory over Los Angeles they spotted the Kings a goal early down one nothing after one then five goals in the second period to clinch the president's trophy and the one seed in the west so even though there's all these regular season games going on and could spill into next Wednesday as the north finishes things up the playoffs are now set. The matchups are now set. So it's time to really break it down and give you my predictions. We're also going to have my top five, the final one of the regular season, and we'll also take your tweets at, at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. All right, let's start with the mutual, the mass mutual East division. The one seed Pittsburgh versus the four seed Islanders. Now, the regular season matchup went to the Penguins. But history tells you the Islanders have always been a thorn in the Penguins' side. DeSmith had to leave practice today, so it's up in the air on whether he's going to be able to play game one. Uh, Tristan Jari certainly would be a capable player if that is the case. But, you know, you look at goaltending first and foremost, right? I mean, even though I don't think you need to have a great goalie to win the Stanley Cup, I think you need your goalie to play great, right? So the way Varlamov has played, the defensive structure of the Islanders tells me there's not going to be a lot of goals scored. These two teams hooked up a couple of years ago. Islanders swept the Penguins. This Penguins team has been an unbelievable story. I had to give my three candidates for the um, Jack Adams Trophy for Coach of the Year. The announcers get a chance to vote on that. And I'm honored to do so. And in full disclosure, I had Mike Sullivan as my number one choice because I think he's the coach of the year. You look at this Penguins team, I don't think they're the best team in this division, but they proved to be over 56 games, played a lot of the season without Evgeny Malkin. They had other injuries that they had to deal with. Sidney Crosby is going to get a major consideration for the heart because of how he was able to help this team out while they were going through all their injuries. They had tons on the blue line early in the season, as I mentioned, having to play without Malkin, and yet they still were better than Washington, better than the Islanders, better than Boston, everybody else in that division. Then that's saying something, but the concerns that I had about the Penguins coming in, I still think will be concerns in the playoffs. And the Islanders, I just think, are built for the postseason. Am I scared off by the lack of scoring down the stretch of the season? Am I scared off by you know, the comment that EJ made that the teams that went deep into the playoffs last year might be in a disadvantage because they played into September and October and not a full calendar year ago? The last time they played in the playoffs, these are things that work against the Islanders for sure. But their structure, the way they can shut it down, I think tells me that they will find a way to win this series in six. So that's what I'm going to go with. I've been bullish on the Islanders all year. I'm not going to be scared off by the way things went at the end of the season. They've got their fourth line going. All Everybody's healthy. Sezika's got a little bit of rest down the stretch. Martin, and then you've got Clutterbuck. Barzell, a lot's going to be on his shoulders, right? Because let's face it, I like the deal for Palmieri um, and Zajac. 
those aren't guys that are going to score a ton of goals, right? You're hoping they score key goals, but they're not going to score a ton, right? So they're going to have to rely on the Barzells and the Eberleys. And a guy that could be sneaky good in this series is going to be Anthony Beauvillier. He is a guy, and listen, he was a Ranger killer. Maybe that's why I feel that way, because I called a lot of his goals this year. But he's growing into himself here, and this could be a big performance for him. So to say they're completely bereft of scoring is not true, but they're not the offensive juggernaut that Pittsburgh can be, where they've got guys like Gensel and Rust and Crosby and Malkin. I mean, the names go on and on. Latang on the blue line can score. But um, I think the Islanders will shut them down. I think the Islanders advance as the sixth seed. Capitals and the Bruins. You know, the Bruins went through their COVID situation, right? They went through their goaltending situation, but Rask is healthy. And if you remember last year, Rask opted out of the bubble because of COVID, and Halak had to go up against Tampa. Now, maybe Tampa would have won that series anyway en route to the Cup, but I would give Boston a little bit more of a chance that Tuka Rask had played. And, and Tuka Rask being healthy, the best line in hockey right now is Bergeron and Marchand. And you put Pasternak on there, and even though he hadn't had the greatest close to the season, we know how good he can be. DeBrusque brings a big physical presence. They're, they they don't have the physicality they had back in the day when Chara played. Now, now Chara is a member of Washington, but I just like the goaltending better right now for the Capitals. We don't know what's the situation with Kuznetsov right now and Samsonov. Both are you know, with the COVID-19 protocol. So we'll see what their eligibility is going to be. Certainly for um, Kuznetsov that is still on COVID-19 as we record this message. Um, so that's a that's a big player who scored big goals for the Washington Capitals in their history. I think it's going to be a heck of a series because Peter Laviolette knows how to coach in the postseason for sure. But this Boston team has been quiet good all year. They survived, like I said, their COVID-19 and their injuries. And listen, they finished third, I think, a lot of reasons because of that. But still, when they had to, they were able to make sure that they, they stayed ahead of the Islanders. They are a little top-heavy, so I'm not completely bullish on them winning a Stanley Cup but I think this is going to be a great series. I will also go with Boston in six. So I've got Boston and the Islanders advancing to round number two. And that's what's happening in the East. In the Central, this is going to be a lot of fun, right? And everybody's excited about Panthers lightning. But let's start with the Hurricanes and the Nashville Predators. Um, Soros has stolen the number one position. Um, they don't have the firepower, Nashville, that can compete with Carolina. They just don't. Carolina is as well-rounded an offensive team as you can think of. They get tons of goals from the blue line, obviously led by Hamilton, but you've got Natchez, you've got uh, Niederreiter, you've got Ajo. Uh, There's just so many guys that can score for Carolina. Their goaltending has been special this year. Uh, I just think Carolina is just better than Nashville. I, I'm going to say Carolina is going to sweep this series. There was such a difference between the top three teams in the Central Division and then Nashville, the drop-off, right? And Nashville was competing with Chicago and Dallas to get that four seed. I like and respect everything that John Hines has done there, but I don't think they're anywhere near as good as the Carolina Hurricanes. I think Carolina takes care of business there. Now, Panthers and the Lightning. What a shame. What an absolute shame that one of these teams have to exit stage right in the first round of the playoffs, right? Because these are two of the best teams in the NHL. Tampa, I think, had a bit of a cup hangover. Um, You look at Tampa, as EJ said, did winning the cup last year, is it going to affect them now? 
The reason I might say no is because of the additions of Kucherov and Stamkos, because of the injuries, didn't have to play Stamkos a lot, Kucherov at all, in the regular season. And even though you don't feel great that they're going to try to build that chemistry and get their sea legs against a really good team like Florida, and they're well coached with Joel Quinville, and the, the deals that they made at the deadline have been just so big for the Panthers really all year long. Um God, this is a tough one to pick, right? I think this has got all the earmarkings of a seven-game series. I think this is going to go seven. Uh, I, I lean towards Tampa because of the experience and the goaltending because you've got Vasilevsky, who's a Stanley Cup champion. We'll see what the Panthers do. Is Spencer Knight going to be the guy? But I think the edge in goaltending, the edge in experience, and maybe there's just a part of me that looks at the Panthers and says, geez, they just never get out of the first round. And and now we're asking to do it against the defending Stanley Cup champions. It's It would be such a shame to see the Panthers get bounced in the first round. They've had such a special year. Barkoff is a, just a flat-out star for them. And it's going to go seven, so I'm not saying the Panthers have no shot. Anything can happen at a best of seven, but I'm going to lead towards Tampa Bay. So Tampa and Carolina would be your finals in the Central. Now let's go out to the West, where Colorado not only wins the division, they win the President's Trophy. And many thought that last year was going to be the year for them, and they got bounced out early because I just think that they were a little bit inexperienced. They're taking on a Blues team that's sneaky good. They're not that far removed from the championship, right? They've gotten healthier as the season has gone on. And uh, and Billington is playing well, and one of the best goaltenders down the stretch. So that, that bodes well for St. Louis, even though there is a big difference between the top three teams in the West and the fourth-place team. You know, what St. Louis was going through is similar to what Nashville was going through as far as that four-seed was concerned. And now St. Louis has gotten it, and... I just think Colorado, this maybe, again, I'm biased because I'd love to see the Avalanche make a run to the final because there's just so many good players on this team, right? And guys coming to their own in the blue line. I mean, you just look at Landeskog and how good he's been. McKinnon, uh, Rantanen, when he's been healthy, has just been amazing. And, you know, they don't play together, but they can in certain situations when they need a goal for sure. And then you look at the blue line and what Gerard has become, and I just really love this avalanche team so i'm going to say the avalanche will dispose of the blues in five golden knights and the wild what a season the wild had dean evison is actually on my list of jack adams candidates rod brindamore was number two evison was three and i had sullivan winning the award because minnesota has just been great all year long and really um you know they've got the rookie of the year in a landslide and and, and i just think that minnesota is such a great story, and a lot like the Islanders, kind of built for the postseason, right? But are you really going to tell me the Vegas Golden Knights that have been, made the playoffs every year in their existence, right? They are just so well-rounded offensively. They don't have to rely on one guy. Stone, Carlson, Pacioretty scored some big goals for them. Uh, getting Petrangelo during the offseason really strengthened what is a really good blue line. you got Alec Martinez with a Stanley Cup ring uh, on that blue line. Uh, that's just too much. I mean, the Golden Knights are just too, too much. So I, I, I think the Wild will put up an effort, but I think the Knights will win this in six. 
and dispose of the Minnesota Wild. So it would be the Golden Knights and the Avalanche in the second round, which is an absolute crime, right? Because that should be a matchup for the Stanley Cup final or the third round. Remember, no conference finals anymore. There are no conferences, right? Because once you make it out of your division, then it's going to be seeded one through four from there. So there is a chance that anybody can play each other coming out of the division. But with the Golden Knights and Avalanche being in the same division, the best matchup we can hope for is in the second round, which would guarantee one of those two teams making it out of the West and being in the third round. But what a shame that one of those teams are going to have to go out. But that's the setup for the West final. Now the North. And it's really not that hard. to. And I know the history is certainly not on the Maple Leafs' side, but they're the best team, and I think they're the best team by far, all right? So they're taking on a Montreal Canadiens team that I, I don't think they're a playoff team. They get they got invited last year because of the COVID situation, and they did make a run, give them credit, beating Pittsburgh and all that. But their goaltending is in flux with Price not being 100%. Um, they just don't have a lot of firepower, Montreal. They just don't, not compared to the Toronto Maple Leafs. How are they going to supposed to stop this Maple Leafs team? I mean, you know the list of guys that, that are just going to just be impossible with Matthews and Nylander and Marner. It's just it's it's crazy what the Leafs are. They're one of the best teams in hockey, but people don't want to fall in love because they haven't made a run in 20 years. And this is the first time these two teams will play each other in the playoffs since 1979. So there's a lot of people listening to this podcast that don't remember the last time these two teams played in the playoffs. Uh, but I still think the Leafs are going to win in five. I, I just think they're just so superior to Montreal right now. And, and, and I just think Toronto is definitely going to get out of the first round for the first time in a long time because they're not playing Boston in the first round. And then we leave the Oilers and the Jets. Winnipeg, again, they're going to play tonight. Um, so uh, they're still an unfinished product as far as the regular season is concerned, but they certainly didn't close out well. There's been a lot of inconsistency with Hullabuck. I like him. He's a Vesna Trophy candidate, but he's been up and down over the last couple of years. But, boy, do they, again, have a lot of guys that can score goals for you. But what's what's been wrong with them down the stretch? They just have not played well. And you can't excuse it away as, well, they knew they were in because they really could have climbed up to get home ice advantage and now will not have it at all because they dropped to the three seed against an Edmonton team that is just – it's all about – McDavid and Dreisaitl, okay? But their goaltending is not championship caliber at all. At all. So, it, it this is another tough one. I think this is one that's going to go seven because I just have too much respect for McDavid and Dreisaitl. And again, the Winnipeg does not have the blue line to contain those guys but they could if Connor Hullabuck plays well. Remember, he's vastly superior to Costigan or anybody that's going to in Smith or whoever is going to be between the pipes for Edmonton. That's certainly an Achilles heel for the Oilers. And there is firepower with Winnipeg to take advantage of that. But if they can just get decent goaltending in this series, I think that McDavid and Dreisaitl and that crew and Nurse on the blue line is going to be too much for Winnipeg. So I'll go with the Oilers over the Jets in seven, which would set up an amazing final in the north between the Oilers and the Toronto Maple Leafs. So that's what I've got for the first round. I've got the Oilers in seven. I got the Leafs in five. I've got the Golden Knights in six. I've got the Avalanche in five. I've got the Lightning in seven. And I've got the Hurricanes uh, in uh, a four game sweep. I've got the Bruins winning in. Um, 
in in seven, and I've got the Penguins losing in uh, six to the New York Islanders. So that's what we're looking at there as far as your Stanley Cup playoffs are concerned, and we'd love to be able to get your thoughts on that. All right. Well, it is Friday, and you know what Friday means. Don LaGreca's Friday Top 5. Friday Top 5, and uh, it's a tough one, but this will be the final one of the regular season because the playoffs can certainly speak for themselves. But let's start from the bottom. Number 5. Number 5 is going to be Toronto as they went 7-1-2 down the stretch. What just an unbelievable season for them, and they've got one more game to play in this regular season but just the firepower has just been terrific and they've got some questions as far as who's going to be their goaltender Anderson is back uh, they can have Campbell so do you go with the inexperienced but the hot guy do you go with the experienced guy but I just think they've got way too much firepower to be concerned about that I've got Toronto at number five number four Panthers close out the regular season on a six game winning streak an impressive 25 and three record at home eight and two in their last 10 they really have come together down the stretch the goaltending has really been special for them and Barkoff has really had a big season for them as well I've got them at number four Number three. Going to go with Pittsburgh at number three. Again, eight and two in their last ten, one three in a row. And they were challenged down the stretch, but they were able to win the division. And that's a big division to win. I still contend it's the best division in the NHL. So that's telling me something there. And they're starting to get healthy now, which is really important. Again, this DeSmith injury today during practice is a little disconcerting. But I've got the Penguins at three. Number two. Vegas Golden Knights, they did what they could in trying to win this division just a little bit too much for Colorado. They took advantage of that game in hand against the Kings last night to win it. But just look at how good they are. Best goal differential in the National Hockey League at plus 67. Also a team devastating at home at 21-5-2. Won seven of their last ten games down the stretch. I've got Vegas at number two. Number one. And the Avalanche back up on top. Second best goal differential of plus 64. Also an impressive record at home at 22-4-2. Closed out the season on a five-game winning streak and needed every single one of those wins to clinch the President's Trophy. Eight of their last ten. I've got the Avalanche and Grubauer as an X-factor for them as well in Colorado between the pipes. I've got the Avalanche as the number one team to close out the regular season. Now let's close it out with you but before we do that i just wanted to mention we are going to do a bracket challenge again uh we we didn't do it last year because we didn't have the podcast last year because of the pandemic so with the return of the podcast here in the postseason we're going to go back to our bracket challenge so what i'm going to ask you guys to do is go to nhl.com go to the bracket challenge and look up game misconduct 98.7 espn that's where you're going to register to be a part of all the madness okay so make sure you register through that game misconduct 98.7 espn and then you're going to be on board and the winner is going to get the same prize we gave away a couple of years ago, and that is an authentic NHL jersey of your choice, personalized. So if you're a Ranger fan, it'll be a Ranger jersey. You're a Golden Knights fan, a Golden Knights jersey. You get it. And uh, the guy that won a couple of years ago was actually based out of Vancouver, which was pretty cool. So register again, NHL.com. 
Go to the Bracket Challenge, Game Misconduct, 98.7 ESPN, and you register. We'll follow it. Just climb aboard. Um, and then we'll obviously have a social media presence as well. If you go to the tweets and all that, you'll be able to find hashtag Game Misconduct to be able to register from there as well. So let's get a bunch. We had like six, 7,000 a couple of years ago. Let's get it over 10,000 would be tremendous. And then we'll get away an authentic jersey of your choice to the winner when all this is said and done. So keep close attention to that. All right, let's close it out with your tweets this week, and let's go to uh, Tony, who says, Thank you for another great year of shows. Question going into the playoffs, what team would make the best story winning the Cup this year? For me, other than any team from the North, it would be the Minnesota Wild because no one saw this coming this year. Yeah, I mean, that's that would be a tremendous story. You're right. Any of the Canadian teams doing it would be an amazing story because of how long it's been since the Canadian team has won the Cup. It's been 93. So you look at Winnipeg has never won the Stanley Cup. Montreal hasn't won since 93. Toronto hasn't won since 67, right? So uh, And Edmonton hasn't won since 88. So it's been a long time. So you're right. Any of the North teams would be an amazing story. But as far as the other three divisions, you know, Carolina's won recently. Vegas, uh, Tampa's won. Vegas would be a great story for how quickly they won the Cup. But they've established themselves so much, you can almost kind of see it coming. Yeah, but Minnesota is a great story, right? A lot of aggravation within the organization with a lot of changes, a lot of upheaval with the coach and the general manager in recent years. Even more recently, fighting to stay out of the Western Division and to make the playoffs in it would be a tremendous story. I think the Islanders would be a great story. They haven't won a cup uh, since 83. Um, You take a look at uh, some of the other stories. Like I said, Florida, they have never won a Stanley Cup, haven't been to the final since 96. Uh, would be a terrific story as well. So those are the ones that uh, kind of jump to mind. But Minnesota is a very, very good call. And Dean Evison and Bill Guerin have done a tremendous job there in Minnesota. David says, I think it was mentioned in passing, but this is the final season for Nassau Coliseum before the Islanders move into the Belmont Arena, correct? It's a shame the Islanders can't have a packed house to send it off with style. On TV, that place sounds electric. Well, they'll have just a little bit less than 7,000 in the building for the playoffs, and and I think they'll be excited. But, yeah, that's probably flown under the radar because we've been down this road before because a few years ago we thought that the last game at the Coliseum was played, but now this building is almost done. So it will be the end of an era, right? It'll be the end of where their four Stanley Cups were won. A lot of great stories for me. That Coliseum is always going to hold a very special place because when 98.7 ESPN New York started, we had the Islanders – uh, on our air, and ironically, we have them back on our air now, but w- they were the flagship um, of our station, um, and I was doing so many pre- and post-game shows and just shows around that playoff run against Toronto back in 2002 and spent a lot of time at Champions across the parking lot and a lot of time at the Nassau Coliseum, and it's a gr- it was a great place to call a game as well, so certainly missed the Coliseum for sure, and that will be it, and, and everyone hopes that They'll be able to uh, close it out with a major run. Sal says, many are forgetting Torts and Kreider did not have the best relationship. Torts was always frustrated with his game or lack of uh, of many nights with possibility of Kreider's being named captain. Does Torts hiring make sense? Is it tough love Kreider's needs? I, I, I honestly do not know if Chris Kreider can be the difference maker in John Tortorella coming back from a Jim Dolan perspective. I believe it's going to be Tortorella. I don't know, you know, nobody's told me that, but I'm just reading the tea leaves. 
and the relationship with Dolan. If Dolan thinks Torts is the guy, I don't know if Chris Kreider is going to be the guy to stand in his way. Plus, you know, we're talking about 2013, all right? That was eight years ago. Kreider has matured. Um, Torts is a little bit different. I, I would not completely dispel the fact that Tortorella could return just because of the relationship with Chris Kreider at the end of the 2013 season. Again, that was a long time ago. Uh, Tommy P says, Don, last year you correctly predicted the Stars to make the final. You've mentioned the Islanders as a team built to make a push. Who are some other dark horses you like? I love Toronto. I do. Because I, I, I think... I, I, the, Toronto's the one team where I feel the most confidence going to come out of their division more so than the other three. So that puts them in the Final Four. So if they get to the Final Four, they would have at least put the rest all of their early exit frustration, right? And again, I'm not in love with the goaltending, but you got to figure with the goaltending was good enough to get out of two rounds. And that's that's a team that I really, really like. Um, I don't know, is, is, is Boston a team? Because I, I think Boston would be my other team to come out of the East if it's not the Islanders. Um, but, you know, Colorado, Vegas uh, is not exactly going out on any kind of a limb. You can make the case that Vegas is due here. They've been banging on the door for a few years now, making the playoffs every single year of their existence. But the one dark horse, like I said, if you want to call it a dark horse because not a lot of people are picking them, I think it would be Toronto. Dave says, with a Canadian Cup drought approaching 30 years, which team do you think is most likely to break that? I personally think at this point it might be Ottawa. Well, Ottawa definitely is on the come. And I I, I love the comments coming out of Ottawa that if they had the other 26 games to play, that they would have made the playoffs. And they're not wrong. I mean, they were really on the upswing. Of all the quote-unquote non-playoff teams going in, You know, the especially teams that we thought that were going to be in full-blown le- rebuilds like Buffalo and Detroit, Ottawa was by far the most impressive. But I think Toronto's got a shot this year. And if it's not Toronto, I don't necessarily think they're going away. But Ottawa is built. And again, it was back in 2007 when they did go to the Stanley Cup Final with a much different team. Donnell says, what's up, Don? So since all playoff series are set, um, the playoffs start tomorrow, which series are you into the most? And what's your prediction for each one? Well, we just did the predictions. I'm really intrigued by the Panthers and the Lightning. Again, it's a non-traditional matchup, but it's the first time they're playing in the postseason, and they're two amazing teams, and one of them is going to bow out in the first round, which sucks. So I'm really intrigued by that. Toronto-Montreal, just because of the history, although I don't think it's going to be ultra-competitive, I think Jets and um, Oilers is also going to be uh, great. Uh, Troy says, where do you put Marc-Andre Fleury amongst the NHL's all-time greats? Would he earn the distinction of being the best of of this generation? It's a great, great question because he's got the hardware, right? He's won the cup. Uh, this rejuvenation at the end of his career has been terrific, and I think Vegas has got an excellent chance to win the cup, and I think it'll be him and not Leonard that would be the starting goaltender. So if he's able to win a cup here, he's already in the top five and wins and doesn't look like he's going away anytime soon. So when you think of this generation, you know, post-Brodeur, post uh, Belfour and you think so that so what does that include that includes the Lundquists the Jonathan Quicks of the world he's he's probably up there because he's got the hardware so does Quick but Quick's not going to have the numbers that Flurry's going to have when his career is over I think you're right I think he would be the best of the best Chris says hi Don with Buffalo's playoff drought and the recent comments from Eichel that have sparked rumors of a trade. Does it make sense for ownership to pursue John Davidson as team president? Do you think he'd be interested, or do you think J.D. goes back to TV? Uh, Listen, 
JD made a he left television when he was the best of the best, right? I mean, he was with Doc calling games on NBC, right? So he left television because he wanted to be an executive. Now, you could say he wanted to be an executive of the Rangers, but he went to St. Louis, went to Columbus, and then at 66 years old, he finally got his chance with the Rangers. I don't think he's going to get hung up on now, well, I went, I did that, been there, done that. I think he wants to build a team. I think he wants to be a part of something. And if Buffalo were to make that offer, I, I think he would jump at the opportunity. I think he would. I think he would salivate at a chance to kind of rebuild and put Buffalo back on the map again. That, that would be... An amazing story, and I would be rooting for that. All right, good close to the regular season. So don't be confused by seeing the Vancouver-Calgary playing regular season games this weekend. The playoffs are upon us. The first game is tomorrow, NBC, Bruins and the Capitals. I think this is going to be a ton of fun. So Monday, we'll talk to EJ Raddick, and we'll dive right into the first weekend of the postseason and get his thoughts on everything else moving forward. So... Again, if you want to participate in the Game Misconduct Bracket Challenge, go to NHL.com, look up Bracket Challenge, go to Game Misconduct 98.7 ESPN, and register for your chance to win the authentic jersey personalized of your choice. And continue to follow me on Twitter at, at Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct. Back with you again on Monday. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.